We interrupt this podcast with an emergency announcement. The Armageddon clock is set at midnight. The Russians have fired their flick disc at us, and we have retaliated by firing our spring-loaded missiles. May God have mercy on us all. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode 210, for the week of Wednesday, the 2nd of March, 2016. I'm Eddie, and with me tonight are... Ben. And Scott. This episode is brought to you by Pop Culture Superstore and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Funko Godzilla Supersize Pop Vinyl, the NECA Ultimate Terminator 2 line, and the Sideshow Collectibles Star Wars R5-D4-1-6 scale figure. Hello, 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 everyone. How are we doing this week? Spiffing. Good, 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 good. Okay, I'm getting a bit sick of hearing the word spiffing, so Scott, I'm going <laughs> to go with your multiple <laughs> levels of goodness. Mm. What's uh, been happening with you this week? If you're sick of hearing spiffing, what about what's up <laughs> every time I Skype this man <laughs> for, for like, you know, two at least 200 episodes. We probably haven't done quite 200 together. But every single time, what's up? Sometimes it's recorded, yeah. so we have a compilation of it. Yeah, that's true. What? I know. I'm not usually recording at that point. <laughs> hey, I'm really good. I wasn't on the show last week. I submitted a review, but I wasn't actually here because my sister um, and her partner were out from the States. They're here in Australia for a couple of weeks because her partner is Australian. They're spending time with family. Yay. And, uh, yeah, all good, all happening. Basketball dad today two nail-biting um elimination finals one for miss 15's team that she coaches and then one for her team and they both won um but yeah not for the faint-hearted um (laughs) i thought a poor mom next to me at at the uh, under 16 girls game was going to have a heart attack (laughs) (laughs) um and you know some people really do take kids sport terribly seriously it's yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, there's that line. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm partly influenced by a having been a teacher and b not being. I'm not a really competitive person. Like, you know, when I, I when I play games, I like having fun, and you know, it's not. I'm not because I'm not super sporty. So, to me, it's you know, kids sport is about the kids, and it's about having a good learning experience and sometimes you learn by losing you don't just learn by winning and as long as it's fair and everyone's played well but dear oh dear mm. um but yeah that's all good and what else has been happening i had a really good week at work actually my you know I'm a, we I, saw your laughing pictures okay yeah <laughs> i well i you know i work in a software company i'm a product manager and i've been there for nearly three years now um working on an existing product that um, you know, is a really great product, but needed 
some kind of new life brought into it. Um, and I have finally feel like I've really seen the fruits of the labor. Like I'm not a developer. I've got to work with developers to get it to where we need to be. And our, our boss and lead developer is a fantastic developer. Um, and it, it's just, t- this is a really great week. We did the kind of team show and tell of our next big release that's coming. And now we're entering the testing phase and it was, yay. And we had pizza. <laughs> so, so it's good. Yay. Good week. Nice. And Mr. Spiffing, how are you doing this week, aside from spiffing? <laughs> I'm well, I'm well. We had our uh, our annual show today. What a, what's, the, what's the technical term for car- you know, like a carnival? You know, that Fate? That, no, well, you know the big thing that rolls into oh, yeah. town. Oh, yeah, the circus. With, <laughs> with all the, the, you know, the huge rides and the carnies and... The culling. You know, the sideshow. <laughs> <laughs> all those creepy carnies that try to get you to, yeah. you know, drag you into their rigged games and whatnot. So we had that today, and uh, that was um, expensive. That's uh, <laughs> horrendously expensive to the yeah. point where we had um, we'd spent a considerable amount of money on bits and pieces, and because the tadpoles are, are still quite young, um, you know, they're pretty easy to amuse when it comes to rides. They don't have to go on the the really big, crazy, expensive things, and on the way out, um, Miss Seven had been not nagging, but had been mentioning the Ferris wheel over and over again. And by now, we'd done the lunch and the show bags and the pony rides. And you know, Mrs. Shake and I, you know, just like sore feet, it's time to go. So we were heading back, and Miss Seven mentioned the Ferris wheel again. And I thought, oh, I'll just sort of you know wander over there and see if the line's long. And I got there, and uh, it was twenty five dollars a person. Twenty five dollars each. Uh, and that's you know, there was more than yeah, the movie. That's that's what I thought to go on this fair as well. And by then, you know, we'd already spent a fortune. I just yeah. kind of, you know, told a bit of a white lie and just said, "Oh, you know, you need to be eight to go on that." So. <laughs> <laughs> she, I mean, you know, she hadn't exactly done badly by this point, yeah. but we snuck out. And and uh, this was Miss Seven that you said it to. This was Miss Seven. Yeah, the, the yeah, the, you're buggered next year. I know, I know. <laughs> it's going to come back and bite me. That's so. Exactly right. But it, you know, we we went with a, a family friend that um, it's kind of like an auntie sort of thing. And um, when we got home, the kids were all playing with their show bags, and we were you know reminiscing about when we were kids and uh, what it was like and the sorts of show bags we used to buy and the prices and talking about how things changed. But you know, you mentioned before Scotty and we, um, I've noticed how quite a few things have changed recently because I asked. Uh, Miss Seven, what her favourite thing uh, was at school. I, I, you know, whenever we're at home having dinner, I always say, you know, what was your favourite thing today? And they actually did, I forget what the actual term for it is, but basically it's this um, preparation for an incident. Yeah. And she said that, you know, the teacher does this and this and we all have to get down and get under the tables and then when she says, you know, go, we go, go, go and you know, head for the door and do this. And for the for the two youngest tadpoles who are in kindy, um, which is which in you know my state is the year before um, uh, grade one, uh, they do it like as a bit of a rhyme. And it's like yeah, when I was a kid, we were learning incy wincy spider, you know, and uh, <laughs> these these kids are learning how to you know tuck roll and dive and yeah, it's um, yes, it's a bit of an eye opener really on how things have changed. 
So absolutely. Well, and it's uh, it's sad that even though you know, hopefully in this country, you know, are we're not at tremendous risk of that happening. That we still really do have to prepare for it. Um, you know, I think in in Australia where we don't have the same gun issues as um as other countries, mm. uh, where, but you still can have incidents on school grounds where it's just, you know, somebody's angry or upset or, yep. um, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've had to be a bit stricter with some of my staff where we will often have uh, large school groups coming through our building and you'll often get people turn off saying, you know, oh, is this in this school here? Is this in this school oh, there? Yeah. And, you know, 99.9% of the time it's generally a parent or something trying to catch up with a kid that's forgot their lunch. But, you know, I need to remind my staff we can't just be telling um, people off the street who's, you know, where a school might be or what might be coming in because you don't know if that's, you know, a divorced parent coming in who's had a bit exactly. of issues or yep. something, yep. you know, um, along those ones. So, yeah, it's it's a very weird. My, my kid's school, um, which is on you know, a big property and they have an equestrian center and stuff. They have three different sirens. There's one which is, you know, evacuate. Um, there's one which is lockdown, like, you know, stay indoors and hide. Um, and then there's another one which means there's a horse out. So <laughs> what? watch out. <laughs> uh, horse on funny. the loose. Right? Yeah, horse on the loose. All the kids that run that the would window. be the time, yeah. Everyone runs to the window or runs outside. Yeah, yeah. See, well, see Black Beauty running free. <laughs> yeah. I, I taught at a, a boarding school that had property and had cattle. Um, like they had, you know, two hundred head of cattle or something, and it was not horrendously uncommon to be, you know, kind of doing sport stuff or even sometimes classroom stuff. To be like. Sir, there's a cow out there. <laughs> but I was teaching at a boys' school, and all the boarders were kids that had come from the land and that sort of thing, so it was no problem. <laughs> they just go out there and yeah. go, ah. we, we had an incident one muck-up day where, when I would have been in like year seven or year eight, but some of the year 12s, not thinking, led a cow, because I was, oh, my no. school was on a farm property too, they led a cow into a cl- the classroom. <laughs> but the classroom was on the third level. Now, if you know cows, they can go upstairs, <laughs> but they can't go back downstairs. And they had to cut a chunk out of the roof and get this, like, crane machine to lift <laughs> the cow out and down. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. What was the uh, rest of your week like, Eddie? Uh, mine was fairly good. I've been in this weird, the local theatre near me is doing a promotion where if you see a, buy a ticket to a film, you get a $13 ticket to your next film. But yeah. when you then use that $13 ticket for your next film, you then get another ticket for a $13 film. So I've just been going to the movies constantly, yeah, cool. <laughs> pretty much all week. A um, couple of repeats like Deadpool and, uh, Hateful Eight, uh, but I also caught uh, Zoolander 2, which was terrible. Uh, oh. That was a real... Oh, what a shame. Yeah, I loved the first one when I was 15, but <laughs> I don't think that humour has held up for me uh, as much. And Hail Caesar, which I thought was very good. Yeah, mm. well-shot film. But I had, I have to assume, the most annoying customer in front of me at JB Hi-Fi. 
<laughs> when I went to the movies the other day, she held up the whole line while trying to work out when a pre-order of a DVD was going to come in. <laughs> and they kept telling her, it's not in yet, you can't collect it. She's like, I went, but when will it be in? It's like, it's coming out on the 21st of March. Okay, when will the DVD of it be out? Will it be after that? And they're like, no, it'll be the 21st of March, the DVD comes out. Oh, <laughs> do I need to wait for a call to come in and collect it? No, <laughs> just, just, just stand right over there, man. March and you can get it. <laughs> oh, what day will I get the call for? And it's like, oh it'll be the 21st gosh. of March. And then running through, and I was just like, oh. And then on the way out, I was stuck behind her because JB Hi-Fi's, which are our electronic big stores here, because they got very narrow uh, aisles and that to get out. Mm-hmm. You have to show your bag to the security guard at the front, and he checks your receipt, and she had some DVDs she'd purchased. <laughs> and it's this tiny little DVD case-sized bag, and she's showing him the receipt, and he's looking over, and she goes, oh, I also brought a TV, but... Um, I'm picking that up around the back. That's not in the bag. And uh-huh. <laughs> it's just, I was Thank ready you. to just, I, yeah. I could not believe um, I wonder, to, that these uh, people exist. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I, I was looking for some uh, wireless earbuds this week, and on the other side of the the rack, there was a an, an older lady having this protracted conversation that ultimately involved three JB Hi-Fi staff members mm-hmm. about needing to try them on because she had extremely small ears <laughs> and they and uh most earbuds don't fit her and they were like look we can show you the earbuds but you can't put them in your ear until you buy it and if you do buy it and put them in your ear you can't bring them back because they've been in your ear. And she was like, but you don't understand. I have extremely, extremely small, small ears. And they try to explain. And she's like, but what if I get them home and I'm extremely, extremely unhappy with them? Can I bring them back? Then they're like, not if you put them in your ears. <laughs> like, I just went on and on. And I was like, who needs television? I'm just going to stay here and listen to this. But, uh, JB Hi-Fi reality show. <laughs> Would be good. Um, well, if uh, no one else has anything else, how about we uh, get things started with some articulated news? Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes, I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures be sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just the stories that relate to things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. Now, Scott has our first piece of news, so over to you, Scott. Thank you very much, and I'm kicking off with some news from our good friends at Funko. I was just thinking the other day that it has been a very long time since we had uh, real comic-based DC pops, and they must have read my mind, (laughs) um, which I'm sure they're capable of doing with their global reach. Um, Can't walk past a, a supermarket or a... Uh, you know, a, a shopping center without Funko being in there somewhere. And we've got new DC Pops coming. We have 
and uh, one in particular that will be a um, very exciting for former host and friend of the podcast, Eli, um, because they are doing Firestorm as mm. well as Supergirl, Power Girl, Cyborg, and Black Manta. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Very exciting. I, the, the biggest omission to me so far has got to be Black Canary um, in these. Like, we, we have them all, all the DC ones here because my oldest collects them. Um, so she'll be very excited by this because nothing, nothing much was happening for a while and she didn't really want the, you know, kind of Arkham City ones yeah. or the movie ones. Um, but I'm I was really. About to say, do they have Black Canary in the Arrow? Oh yeah, but that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of the, in terms of the comic key ones. Um, she's got the Flash TV one, but I, I don't think she really wants to go down the, um, yeah. The rest of them. But anyway, this is exciting. Really glad to see, particularly, of course, Black Manta. Very happy. Um, so those. Do you, do you think that, uh, we're looking at a Firestorm variant in the near future with translucent flames? Well, I mean, I would expect, I mean, who knows if he's actually a popular enough character to get more, but, um. You got TV shows. Oh, of course. I mean, there's a lot, obviously, that they could do with this because they could do Deathstorm. They could do, this is the Ronnie Raymond version. So, of course, they could do the Jason Rush version, etc. So, interesting to see. 52, Glow in the Dark. Yeah. See Through. Yeah. Scratch and Sniff. Um. Black and White. (laughs) Um. Blood Splattered. I would like the oh my god shut up I would like <laughs> the um the flames to be translucent that would be nice but, but still yeah, it's, it's exciting just looking at Power Girl um and you know I love seeing that classic costume I just think it's fantastic but the uh, the pose that pops have you know with the the stance particularly the legs it doesn't really kind of suit the ladies that well does it it's, not so much no it's mm. not very kind of effeminate it's uh, Oh, can can I go a little off track for a moment, but talk about pop finals? Heavens above! Yeah, off track. I know. I off know, track. I never, I this never, evening, where we never take things. We've far recorded away. like four minutes of podcast, but been talking for nearly an hour. <laughs> yeah, Three and a half bananas on um, a bicycle. <laughs> uh, you're um, uh, the agent of Shield woman, Peggy Carter. How yes. she won't stand up because she has her legs tightly together. Yes. Do you <laughs> still have her in box? Uh, I've put her back in the box for now. Because I was looking at one in the store the other day and she had like a stand with her on her feet. It was like a little clear plastic stand to put the feet in, which my um, mm. uh, Daisy Domagoo also comes with in the mm. uh, Hateful Eight one because she has tiny legs put together um, mm. to stand. So that might be worth looking well, I don't know if it might have been a late change to the Peggy Carter one, or but it's well, clear, it's, so it might blend in with the packet. Well, there you go. See, all, all the folks out there who are now going to pick up the Agent Carter pop can thank me. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> we are having an influence on the industry. Yeah. Maybe yours hmm. came with one. I don't believe so. I mean, it would have been pretty hard to miss, so... You know, I'm sure by next show I'll go, hey, remember how I said it didn't? Well, it did, but... Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that is uh, the first part of my Funko Pops news. And then the second one is that they are doing Overwatch, uh, yeah. which is based on the video game um, figures. And uh, from that, we are getting the Test Pilot Tracer, the Mercenary Reaper, the Widowmaker, and the uh, Winston... Uh, which is the genetically enhanced gorilla, and this is going to be a supersized pop. 
So I have to say I'm not familiar with this property. It's I don't even think the game's actually out yet, but it's ah. a Blizzard game. It's the same people who do World of Warcraft, so it's probably going to be a big launch at least uh, once it does come out. But this is kind of like, do you remember there was all this merchandise for that video game Evolve that was coming out? Yes, yes. And then the game did nothing, and <laughs> now there seems to be a whole bunch of Evolve stuff sitting around oh, on yeah. shelves that yeah. isn't moving. This There's always something a little... I know we get it with movies all the time. We have a whole Star Wars day before the film's even out, but video games, I think, are very dependent on how good the actual game is, even more than movies are dependent on how good the movie is with merchandise. So it's always a bit interesting to see a whole new video game property solicited before the game's even out yet. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Excellent. So... Moving from Funko to Sideshow, they have solicited the R5J4 Star Wars Imperial Astromech 1-6 figure. Finally! (laughs) Now, this is actually the um, evil version of the figure that I am reviewing on my Toy of the Week this evening. (laughs) Um, So, it's... uh, And you can tell it's evil because it's black. (laughs) <laughs> of course, um, but yeah, there. And as I will be discussing in my toy of the week, uh, sideshow is certainly making the most of the R two uh, buck. Shall we say? Does this one come with a good motivator? Wow, we are such <laughs> geeks. <laughs> Anyone who didn't know. Stuff would be listening and be like, what the heck are they talking about? Okay. <laughs> let's so, just not explain it. They can. No, let, let's not. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll do it later. So th- they've already uh, solicited the Archie Q5 Imperial Astromech Droid, which is the repainted Archie. Uh, so, you know, these are, um, if this is just a repaint of the originals, and I don't want to tread too much on my toy of the week. Um, there is a lot in it that, you know, they put a lot into that deluxe R2, um, shell. And, uh, so good on them for getting the most out of it. And these are actually screen accurate, uh, characters. I mean, they're just only a glimpse of, uh, them, I think, but they, they did actually appear on screen. So it's not like it's a complete farce. Mm. And they look very shiny. So there you go. If you like shiny things, then that might be for you. And uh, moving on, I'm getting very excited about the imminent shipping of the Four Horsemen Mythic Legions Kickstarter rewards. Huzzah, huzzah, Yay! Huzzah. Um, are you getting those, Eddie? No, I haven't okay. put in. I'm very funny with Kickstarter. I'm still yet to actually back anything itself, even though I should. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've got all three things covered. You're yet to back anything. I've backed stuff that I have yet to receive anything, and Scott's gone, you know, the whole hog and backed stuff and received it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I've, I've, uh, I think I've I've backed, um, I've actually had three that have delivered. Get out. Yeah. I actually saw it was the Gene St. Paul Creatures a Kickstarter? Gene St. Jean. Gene St. Jean, sorry. Former guest of the show and friend, and very sorry, we'll kill her later, don't worry. Not, Um, Not as real. Yeah. The, the um no that wasn't a Kickstarter the creature replica that was straight to direct market. Um, oh, okay, because yeah. I was going to say I saw it at retail the other day. I was like, yeah, yeah, oh, that's a big. No, that wasn't a Kickstarter. So yeah, I've had the the um oh, I can't remember the name of the little crazy teddy bear 
USB guy that we interviewed them on the show. So sorry, but I got him. And then I've also had the Skeleton Warriors one. I've Mm -hmm. I have received my Amazing Heroes, um, Kickstarter reward, which is the ones that are based on the Secret Wars, uh, bucks with, with classic characters. And that will be coming, uh, getting reviewed in potentially a very special episode sometime soon. Um, and so this will be my fourth. I've got one, the very first one I backed. I don't think I'm ever going to get that was the mm-hmm. uh, legendary creatures um, thing, but frowny frown, you live and learn. Anyway, so the Mythic Legions are back to ship, and if you would like to uh, get in on the next wave, it looks like this one's not going to be a Kickstarter. This is just pre-ordering now um, a second wave. Not as many um, characters, but some epic ones. Now, we covered these a bit uh, with the Toy Fair news, because these were revealed at Toy Fair, um, but which was very exciting. Um, what we do have now for them is uh, the pre-orders going up and also the prices. Um, and the prices on the trolls, uh, which are amazing, there's the Deluxe Forest Troll and the Deluxe Stone Troll, but neither of them, unfortunately, are going to be making their way to me, I think, oh, because, you know, um, they're a hundred uh, bucks each. They are. American. That, that does sound like a lot, but they're 13 inches tall. So compared to a one-six scale figure, you know, like Hot Toys type stuff, you're getting an awful lot of plastic for 100 bucks. And I actually added one to the cart to see what the shipping was like uh, to Australia. So international shipping was $30, which I thought was pretty oh, reasonable. that's for not a, bad. Yeah. yeah look, look, I mean, I, a huge chunk. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're, they're, as, at uh, 13 inches tall, that is not a terrible price at all. It's uh, so I'm not saying I'm not buying them because I think they're mm, true. Mm. They're not value for money. It's just not. I'm not going to spend that much on something that's really outside of my, you know, collecting. <laughs> so you know, have you guys, trolls. <laughs> Have you noticed the Uncarn character, the no, weapon master for the orcs? Oh yes, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, these are these aren't based on anything other than the brains of the four horsemen, who were also the people that um, sculpted all of the Masters of the Universe classic stuff. And uh, I think they might have borrowed a little bit of their <laughs> inspiration for this guy. Well, I think this guy is going to be a PowerCon uh, exclusive or uh, sold first at PowerCon. So he has a. Uh, oh, you can add him looks, to the card on their website. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can still get him separate, but I think people who go to PowerCon will be able to pick him up oh, there okay. on site before he's out regularly. But uh, for those who uh, can't see a picture of, he's uh, designed to look like Man at Arms from He Man. <laughs> but he's an orc. So there, there are also a couple of new elves um, and like skeleton knighty type things. Um, and if you go onto the, uh, shop for horsemen, um, or, or oh, I thought it was called store horsemen. Oh, the, okay. The website store horsemen, but the URL is shop horsemen.com. That's not confusing at all, guys. <laughs> and, uh, there are a number of options there for the individual characters, but then also for either an all in. Um, and if you want all of them, then, uh, it's actually like three, you can get it for 300 us and that is, uh, uh, six different figures, including the two trolls. So that is not, um, right. It's not bad. No, not terrible. Um, at all. Or you can do the one without the trolls for 118. So the two, uh, yeah, the, 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 the four non troll characters. 
And uh, yeah, so there's also an art book for Mythic Legions as well, um, which is pretty cool. There's a poster in print. Um, so definitely worth having a look at. And I'm just really excited that I think that our community is growing to the point where we can, uh, pe- people like the Four Horsemen can support a line like this without retail yep. support. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is great. And we need more of this. And then finally from me, um, back to our good friends at Funko, we have, uh, the latest in the Walking Dead Mystery Minis series, um, which is series four. And this looks like it is a TV. Th- these are based on the TV show, not on the comic. And there are a number of new characters in here, um, including, um, Sasha, which I'm pretty sure this is the first. Oh, and Tara as well, which is really cool. So a couple of these, I would say that's the first time we've seen these in a toy. There is a Beth as well. She's actually getting a, um, like the five inch action figure, um, soon. We've seen pictures of that. Uh, Morgan as well. Michonne in her sheriff's office. Uh, Sasha, Bob, uh, Noah as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so th- these I- I'm going to talk in, fu- in feeding the addiction about a blind box fail that I had this week, and you know these are so cool. But there's always just that handful that for me I wouldn't mind getting most of the human characters, but I don't really want the zombies. Um, so that kind of puts me off. Oh, there's also Daryl's chopper as well. Which, that's cool. I think maybe we could come to some kind of a. Uh, arrangement because I really like the zombies and have no real interest in the human characters. <laughs> oh, so, look, I mean, I don't think there's enough in the there for me that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like I wouldn't mind the Daryl, I wouldn't mi- mind the Terra because I actually quite like that character. Um, yep. But the rest I could probably live without. So um, I just find the the big white eyes creepy. Yeah, these are not my favorite. Of the mystery minis, I'm I'm not. I I agree with you. I don't personally think that the big white pupilless eyes work very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that th- these aren't my favorite. Um, but I'll still try and get a Carol if they make one. I think they have made a Carol. Um, yeah. but I, I would eBay. Y'all have to eBay it because there's <laughs> no way after my fail this week that I'm doing that. Um, and that is my news. So that's me. Okay, must be my turn then. All right. Well, Sideshow Collectibles have an original property, if you are not aware, and it's called Court of the Dead. Uh, it's entirely Sideshow conceived and executed, uh, and it revolves around a, a whole bunch of characters. They've developed their own kind of ethos to go with it, sort of background stories to the characters. Um, I've really enjoyed the stuff they've been putting out. I, I haven't actually picked up any of the pieces, but I certainly enjoyed looking at them. Uh, when they come out, there's all sorts of elements. It's got a very sort of um, ancient Gothic, uh, even horror feel to it. Some of the characters are quite um, grotesque in the way they're designed in, a, in a, an impressive way. That is um, one of the things that threw me off is that some of the pieces are actually quite large, uh, even for quarter scale, and so the, the retail price is quite significant. You're talking nearly 600 US um, and so I think, you know, for a, a line that doesn't seem to show any signs of stopping, uh, could get expensive very quickly. Um, one of the main reasons I am attracted to this line is, uh, Mark Newman, 
Um, I just seem to really love anything that Mark does. And Mark's name is against most of the female characters in this line. And we have another one up for pre-order this week, and it is uh, Shard, the mortal trespasser, uh, a very angry uh, young lady who uh, has a very nasty disposition, certainly given by the expression on her face in this particular piece. Um, very impressive Mark Newman piece. We saw this at San Diego last year, I think. Um, this was uh, sort of the first tease. Um, very, very ornate-looking piece. She's got incredibly detailed armour on um, because this is a quarter-scale uh, mixed media. She's got a, uh, a, a large cloak. It looks like it's got the, uh, the wire in it, etc., a um, couple of really wicked-looking swords and whatnot. Very, very impressive-looking lady. Um, this was the one that almost pushed me over the line to start. They did another one. Um, her name is Kia, K-I-E-R, which is a, she's a, a vampire. Uh, also sculpted by Mark, and she's very, very nice as well. So um, I'm fighting the urge, and a lot of my reward points have just come through, so I'm, uh, I'm looking pretty uh, healthy in the rewards points uh, situation at Sideshow, and this is a tempting one. So she'll set you back $430, and she's due out first quarter 2017, so 12 months lead time on that one. So I like it. I like the whole sort of gothic feel to it, but, oh, jeez. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a kind of scary thing to start a whole other um, mm. property, you know, like, well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think this is uh, something Sideshow has done incredibly well with. Uh, I know there are quite a few people collecting this line and really enjoying the work that's that's going into it. The finished pieces are really nice. And uh, given that, I think we can expect more of this sort of stuff from Sideshow, more original concepts uh, in the future. So very nice, very nice indeed. A couple of months ago in the news, we talked about a Death Dealer 1-6 scale action figure that was being developed by Fison, and uh, we get news this week that they are bringing us a Red Sonja 1-6 scale action figure, so sort of diversifying into uh, licensed collectibles uh, for a change with Fison. So we get um, a pretty nifty-looking 1-6 scale figure, and I guess Fison are really well known for those seamless bodies, so I guess... uh, for someone like Red Sonja, that's actually quite a win, and they do those rather big busted um, bucks as well, so it really suits the, the, the property here. Um, look, this is a typical Red Sonja. They've done a pretty good job in terms of kitting her out with her little chainmail bikini. Uh, comes fully armed with uh, one of the biggest axes I've ever seen. Um, gigantic axe, in fact. Uh, She's also kitted out with uh, all the usual stuff. She's got a sword, scabbard, um, plenty of bling, as they list in the, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, I guess, the the inclusions. There's certain uh, armbands and bracelets and neck things and whatnot, a rather large shield, a faux leather cloak, uh, faux leather boots. She comes with a number of swap-out arms, and it looks like... um, She's actually got swap-out hands, but they seem to be integrated with the gloves. She's got those kind of um, brown leather gloves. Um, not a bad-looking figure. I think uh, one thing that's not really doing it for me is, um, I don't know how John would probably say it, but she's very sort of clean. Yeah. She's got yeah. be- beautifully groomed red hair that uh, should be a-, a little bit more mussed up, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, this does not do anything for me, I have to say. Like, I think... It just yeah. looks like a Barbie doll. 
Yeah, <laughs> I think from the neck down, it's actually great. I just think that that yeah. perfectly groomed hair and that yeah. kind of um, expressionless face. I think I'd be looking for a, a face to have a you know be a bit more feisty or something. Look to do a character, a female character like this that's pretty short in the um, f- covered flesh department. The face and stuff is perfect for that. You know, this is where it's like with that the the Bruce Lee we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where yes, the articulation's amazing, but the weird cuts and whatever just for me kind of kill it. Um, yeah. and you know, that's the strength, obviously, of the face and stuff for this. And I, I think I, I totally agree. I think it's the head and the hair that, mm. or maybe, it, maybe even just the hair. I don't know, but that, that for me, just kind of go, eh, no. Yeah, I could do with a bit more of a, an aggressive expression. I think it's very expressionless. So, but anyway, look, she's going to be out around May 2016. She'll set you back 170 US dollars. Uh, moving into the sphere of I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, uh, we have a, <laughs> we a solicitation this week from uh, Sentinel who are bringing us uh, fighting gear. Is it Mute King? Mute King? Mute King. Mute King. Um, a uh, rather awesome, uh, rather awesome sort of, I'd well. say, probably one, yeah, a bit over, bit over one twelfth scale figure of a, hmm, I don't know. He's a Tatsunoko hero who got his powers by being spit on by an alien octopus. Don't you hate it when that happens? That sucks, Dan. Uh, I'm so over yeah. those jam. That's why I carry an umbrella. That's but- right, that's right. Um, so anyway, he's getting a, fi- a, a fantastic fighting gear figure from Sentinel. Sentinel are the ones that brought us those really odd Iron Man uh, figures that um, we kind of scratched our head a bit, but this guy looks really awesome. He's in a, a pretty uh, leery uh, blue and red racing outfit with his trusty roller skates and whatnot. Um, has a light up chest logo, which is not unusual. Uh, looks like he comes with several sets of hands and whatnot. It's just a fun looking figure. It's kind of like a love child between Captain America, Robocop, and Inspector Gadget. Yeah, bit of speed huh. demon thrown in. Yeah. Um, he's a he's a pretty capable guy because he's got a microphone. So obviously, when he's not fighting crime, he's uh, he's singing karaoke. But um, this is Sentinel. They come with some pretty darn awesome articulation, uh, and that's probably why he's got the price that he's got. So it'll it'll set you back about seventy US dollars. It's, it's a fun looking figure. I think. It's yeah, absolutely. Fun. I love the roller skates. That's yeah. the, it's really cool. The light up aesthetically was good. appealing. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. The light up chest looks pretty fancy. So uh, I'd say this is actually using the same buck that the uh, the recent Gutchman figures um, we've talked about come on. So possible, All right? Mm. So talking about um, crazy Japanese stuff, we've also got news that we're getting a uh, um, now is it Marfex, Mafex? You know, Medicom, their their extreme action figure range uh they're bringing us a star wars force awakens kylo ren so for those of you who uh don't want to put the hasbro one in your collection you can slip this dude in and uh, it's a pretty awesome figure it'd want to be he's about 45 us dollars but uh you actually get the swap out portrait so you can have uh, mr driver without his uh, mask and and hood and it's a pretty good portrait actually for a figure that's around kind of six inches tall yeah i agree that's not bad at all, actually. Anyone looking to do a girl's custom? Yeah. <laughs> or reenact that undercover boss? 
<laughs> sequence. Um, it looks like he's pretty kitted out. He's got obviously the removable helmet or at least a swap out portrait. He comes with a uh, an included uh, melted granddad mask. Um, spoilers. <laughs> uh, and it's he's, okay, John's seen it now. I think it's official. Everyone right. has now seen the film. That's right. So, uh, and he comes with two versions of his lightsaber: one that is ignited and one that is not. So, not very nice. And knowing that you're getting that pretty cool articulation to go with it is, um, yeah, a bit of a selling point. I think they've got him in some pretty nifty stances. So it looks like full cloth material for the uh, for the outfit. Not bad for. 45 US? What's that double what a, what a Hasbro Star Wars Blackwood costume? Yeah. Hmm. Not bad. I'm yet to actually pick up any of those, but uh, hmm. that actually looks pretty good. Anyway, I think that's my news. Yeah, so that's on to me. Now, my first bit of news is brought uh, to us by Prime One, and it is a Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice statue of the Ben Affleck Batman in his basic attire. So this is him in that very Frank Miller-looking style. And he is a one-two scale statue, so he's about a metre tall uh, almost. Holy dooly. Uh, his body, and I think you're going to get a little bit extra with the base there as well. So uh, not as much room taken up here as your life-size Hot Toys Ben Affleck. So <laughs> if you're looking for something a bit smaller but... With almost about as much detail, this guy might be a good option for you if you've got a spare uh, $2,000 burning a hole in your pocket. Uh, You can add this guy through to your collection uh, there, which, I mean, we've sort of talked to this costume design and that um, through at length. It's it's what we're seeing coming out through on a lot of merch here. I'm kind of surprised we are getting a lot of Batman solicits. There's actually mm. hasn't been too much on the Superman uh, side of things, so I think yeah. they're really I'm not gunning on the that. Batman side of this film, yeah. <laughs> but that's, I mean, Batman's always going to be the big seller. Yeah. Do you like how um, Prime One came along and went, hey, we want to get into the statue market, but there's already you know quite a few people producing cool stuff, so let's just scale up, you know? <laughs> yeah. The smaller stuff, you know, and the smaller stuff we make will be one-third bigger. scale. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is just massive half it's, scale statue. Good green. Is there a scale that we haven't? Uh, uh, I think that one eleventh scale is still yeah. available. I did see. You know yeah. how they have those uh, magazines that come with bits and pieces, and you build together and make mm-hmm. your Millennium something. Falcon. And yeah, have you seen the Millennium Falcon ad where they say you know it's a one to one scale Millennium Falcon that you build, and then in the fine print it says this is based on the prop size, not. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah. I just heard out of the crowd. It's like the one to one scale Millennium Falcon that you can build. Nice. Each month. It will only take six years. Yeah. That's right. You gotta you gotta put that in your will that your children yeah, that's take right. over. Yeah. <laughs> By the time it's finished, the technology will actually exist. It's and then they this. cancel the magazine. Yeah. That's, yeah. Right. that's right. With two pieces to go. <laughs> this is a, I, I do actually like the stuff that Prime One is doing. I just yeah, wow, you've got to be committed to to spend this kind of uh, moolah. And have we seen anything from them that's not Transformers or Batman? They uh, turtles? They do turtles? 
No doing turtles. I do like how you spend a couple of grand on this thing and then you get Batman standing on this kind of fairly nondescript base, but there's a big bat logo on there. Phew. <laughs> like how I had that hint. <laughs> it could be Catman, you don't. You never know. Yeah, you know, I. <laughs> I'm kind of a bit conflicted with this costume. I should like it more because it was one of my big complaints about the Nolan films was just the overdone costume. I found as the, the movies went on, I liked it less and less. It just got far too sort of sophisticated for its own good. And they went back to basics with this costume and it's kind of a guy in a suit. And I I, I should like it more, but yeah, I don't know. I think for me, I, it's near perfect, but he's sort of got a Carteroy look to him. Mm. Over stuff that just if that was kind of really toned down a bit i think it would be close to perfect yeah, for me like and it lenses. is yeah. lenses in the eyes for me yeah, anywho i reserve judgment until i yeah. see the film yeah i actually think yeah. this looks really good mm. oh yeah it's a great statue but no matter how much i love the film i do not need a 43 inch tall ben affleck <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll have to rethink your Christmas uh, present then. <laughs> Please do. Yeah. Uh, but uh, speaking of other DC merchandise, and this on the more classic end, we have the 112 Collective DC Comics Shazam uh, up for pre-order now. So we saw him a little bit with some of the Toy Fair stuff, but now we get a good look at everything that he's coming with. And a bit of a shocker, this one's actually a two-pack. So uh, you get uh, Captain Marvel himself with his three different portraits, a neutral, a big cheese smiling one, and a calling out Shazam pose. You get some lightning, some swap out hands, a Mr. Adam uh, robot head, and you get one of my favorite DC villains, Mr. Mind, <laughs> uh, in here as well, which... He's going to actually almost tip me close into purchasing this because I <laughs> do love Mr. Mind, so I might be spending $75 US just for a little toy cat pillar. Uh, but, yeah, this this is looking uh, quite good. I do. I love. If you don't stuff. really want Shazam, if you only want Mr. Mind, then you can have mine and I'll only charge you $70. It's bargain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wonder how, uh, but, looking at looking at the promo shots, how long did they have to sort of leave him outside before he got struck by lightning to take that photo? <laughs> so. Yeah, it's very handy. Yeah. I, I'm really struggling not to pull the trigger on this. Like, I'm doing the Star Trek ones because uh, they're really cool. And, but, oh, my. It's nice, well, isn't it? Technically, Scotty, Green Lantern's net... The Star Trek Enterprise crew in Green Lantern meets Star Trek comic. So the DC universe is technically connected to Star Trek. And they've also met Legion. Yeah. So you would still have yeah. not broken your rule if you buy this. No, I'm good because I'm collecting Star Trek. Yeah. Not Star Trek. So we're all good. Uh, yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. I actually think the sculpt, instead of being sort of more towards the CC Beck, almost looks a bit more towards um, Tom Tyler from the original serial. Yeah, I could almost say that. Yeah, I, I like just the kind of more... Um, I don't really like the I'm struck by lightning face for some no, reason. No, no, it looks like he's singing karaoke, doesn't he? <laughs> He does. He looks like he's, oh, I will. Survive. Yeah, it's like an opera. 
that song from you know the bodyguard or something <laughs> yeah you're right no th- i i really liking all the pack-ins here like more mm. than just extra ha- you know extra hands i really don't need um so to get some pieces and i and i agree to get mr mind um and he looks we can't see a close-up here but he looks pretty uh nicely done yeah my only more gripe and i think this is something really hard to do with captain marvel with the cloth is his cape yeah it does sit on him a little funny there yeah. but i think that's just a really difficult cape to get on the yeah. small scale it is it i mean it does kind of almost make it look like craft doesn't it it's like, kind of like yeah. here's a little cape i made for my dolly it, yeah. it, it does kind of look like that cape went with a different item and it's just been popped on him there but i that's that's a hard one because i'm yet to see someone do an awesome one that you could kind of go well they did it how uh, come you know the one that i actually now i'm gonna google image search this so that it's not just that i um but the superpowers one i remember uh thinking was actually quite a good cape as as a kid you know it had the because it had the little kind of um uh, was that a plastic one or no, it was, it was cloth. Like it had a, a plastic little. Um, did they do Shazam and superpowers? I think so. Unless I'm having a stroke. Yeah, they did. Or is it? Or are you thinking Mego? No, no. Google super, superpower Shazam. It's for real, man. <laughs> I wasn't born. So oh, shut know. up. Go watch Star Trek. I will with Captain Picard because <laughs> I was alive when he was Captain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With Chris Pine, I should have said that would have been funnier. Yeah, oh. ha, ha, ha. yeah, you missed oh, it. Yeah. Doctor Spock. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe you were doing the news. Oh, I thought you were giggling. Superpowers, <laughs> Captain Marvel. But that we've moved on so from that. Yeah, we've moved <laughs> like, on. The moment's gone. Yeah. And uh, another DC item that I have here in my news is the Yamato USA announces poison. Ivy by Luis Royo, uh, which is a poison ivy statue. Uh, now, this is a flesh tone poison ivy uh, with vines wrapping around her, her seemingly covering her nethers uh, <laughs> and her hands uh, holding up above <laughs> her head. Now, this one, I don't know. I think this is a beautiful looking statue. The design work in here is intricate and really well done, but it kind of seems more Witchblade than Poison Ivy to me. Like a lot of the plant work, is that just printed on her body? Is that actually sculpted mm, down through the chest? It, it kind it of looks look painted. Sculpt- no, it does look sculpted to me. Oh, maybe not all of it on her body. But I, I actually think that the face is too realistic. Well, to- this is, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a follow-up one yeah. from the Wonder Woman that um, got really good sort of reviews. and. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's, I, it's, this is one of those weird conflictions where I think it's a really well sculpted statue, but I don't know if they've captured the character. Does that make sense? Yes, I agree. I mean, it's, yeah. it, this is a, it's a particular style, isn't it? Cause you're right. The Wonder Woman was, you know, kind of the same. So, and I think this is not my particular wheelhouse because I don't like that kind of, um, that particular look. It just looks more just like a model. Of wearing a poison ivy costume, yeah, than actually like poison a ivy. So statue what you, of a what cosplay. you could say, you could say they actually have 
captured Louis Royo's style incredibly well because he's kind of that sort of hyper-realistic, you know, detailed painter. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. And if you're a big Poison Ivy fan, this would be far from the work piece that you would have in your collection. It looks fantastic uh, on that and would definitely be a conversation starter. So, And sculpting work is just, yeah, as we've said, fantastic uh, through there. And uh, jumping out of the DC side of the news, uh, my next bit of news uh, comes from our newly acquired friends at Mondo, and it is the Mad Balls Series 1 vinyl figures, and they're finally up for pre-order. So uh, that is the Skull Face, the Horn Head, and the Solobusles. Solobar? God bless you. That guy's name. Hey, the Frankenstein. Slobulus. Slobulus. (laughs) There we go. Uh, Mm. Slobulus, the Frankenstein-looking dude. Now, these are looking fantastic. There's uh, some great sculpt going on here. Uh, Paintwork is good. I don't think we're yet to actually see anything from Mondo in hand physically. I know I've had a couple of charges for my Leo figure coming, so uh, hopefully they look very much the way their solicits for items do, and I mean their posters are high quality, so I would uh, be surprised if anything changes with their new uh, physical uh, pieces here, but these guys do bring back memories of the Mad Balls cartoon for me. Did you guys have any of these? No. I think it was actually well before, you know, I, I, I think, hmm, I remember Mad Balls, and I just don't remember anyone sort of having them or, um, I don't know, maybe I just saw them advertised in comics or something. I would have thought these were after our time, Ben. Well, it says the 80s, so... Uh, hmm. Depends on when. Yeah, I remember having... It wasn't from purchase in store, it was through Cousins, but I had the Skull Face and the Slobulus uh, ones just as hand-me-downs. I remember a video in the video store that I used to rent a lot uh, based on them. That was kind of like a weird Ren Stimpy style <laughs> cartoon before. So how did they get around? Did they roll or they bounce? They or? had like uh, feet and hands in their cartoon show. They kind of looked like a Pac-Man cartoon okay. design, if that makes any sense. They never explained why they're just heads and no bodies or <laughs> the actual science behind the characters. But <laughs> yeah, it was a bit that. But uh, <laughs> definitely, you know, if you're a fan of sort of the odder side of toy collecting uh those guys stand out uh but speaking of the classic side of toy collecting how can you get more classic than action figures and the most classic action figure has to be gi joe which doesn't have much of a presence at retail anymore but still going strong in the collector community thanks to the gi joe convention and it's just been announced uh the this gi joe convention 2016 is going to be in colorado uh, so, you know, if you feel a bit of back pain coming on, you might be able to see a doctor and get a prescription to pick some stuff up there while you're there in Colorado, uh, <laughs> as well as picking up uh, the G.I. Joe set that's going to be the exclusive here this year, which is one of my favourite sublines of G.I. Joe, the Sky Patrol. Uh, so these were the G.I. Joe 3 and 75-inch uh, figures that used to come with the parachutes that uh, oh, yeah. throw out, and I broke so many hips <laughs> on my G.I. Joes this way. And my first G.I. Joe was actually Static Line, uh, which they're doing in this set here. So I might need to track him down 
in some ways because these guys can go for quite a fair bit of money uh, a year or two after the convention huh. has yeah. finished down. And this is quite amazing. I mean, for those who don't know, these technically aren't Hasbro figures. It's the collector's club gets permission from Hasbro uh, to use the molds and they work with, I believe it's Boss Fight Studios, to do mm. a couple of new head sculpts and pieces and basically make their own G.I. Joe figures out of parts uh, that did exist in the G.I. Joe line and uh, some of their work here in getting new figures out of old bucks that reference old figures is really quite incredible. So uh, I'm always very set. interested when it come up. Yeah. 15-figure set. How awesome is that? I imagine getting a Marvel yeah. Legends 15-figure set. Yeah. They they realised that army builders are part of their bread and butter. Mm. I, I remember there was one year that was just a 15-figure Viper set. Yeah. It was just yeah. all red Vipers for one of it. Uh, now, there will be more than just the figures here. What they do every year is they um, show you the basic figure set, and then there's also a whole bunch of vehicles and a couple of other convention-exclusive figures that only get revealed on the day itself. Now, if you're a 12-inch collector, fear not, they also have a 12-inch offering at the convention, and this year it's the Adventures of G.I. Joe, the Underwater Diver, the Eight Ropes of Danger. So this is based off the old 1969 Adventure of uh, series uh, of that 12-inch G.I. Joe. Uh, and he comes with sort of different clothing and that for this underwater uh, adventure. So I think a bit of a sky and sea theme is going to be going on in Colorado this year. So if you're in the area, um, I highly recommend getting set up with your pre-order uh, and that now for the convention night. And that also brings uh, news to the end. So uh, if no one else has anything else to add, we'll be right back with our next installment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Hey there, mutant babies. How y'all doing? This is John. I'm back with everybody's favorite podcast game, Name That. And last time I left you with a little sound like this. Did they just build a souvenir stand that sells extra hair? Nice. And if you're like our good friend Hellbot, you picked up on enough clues to know that that was a Lego set. It's actually for the Lego RV, and it's one of my favorite Lego commercials out there. I just like the little father and son interaction. It's pretty cool. Lego's commercials are normally just as clever as their their toys are, so, you know, you can't go wrong with that. And, you know, if that was too tough for you and you want to try again, we'll put a new sound right here. Brave soldiers in gigantic robot vehicles with one weakness. It is black Battle damage. We always play it twice because we're just that nice. Brave soldiers in gigantic robot vehicles with one weakness. It is black Battle damage. If you want to be like Hellbot and maybe get a point in the forum, you know what you do? You head on over to AFB Forum. That's AFBforum.com. You sign up. You go over to the Name That thread. You make a guess. You get a guess. You get a point. You get enough points. And I think we're going to have a one-time deal on a total cast photo. Um, all of us dressed in Downton Abbey attire um, and autographed. But um, we're still we're on the planning stages of that. So, you know, you may have to save up a bunch of points for that one. And anyway... You know, if that's too tough and you still want the points, come on over to 
tvandfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we play the picture version. And the picture version is played the same way, except it's with pictures, and you guess what they are. You still guess in the form, you get points, and you get enough points, and you can still get that uh, AFB cast in Downton Abbey attire. Um, anyway, until next time, this is John saying peace out. father and son road trip just a little imagination and you're good to go desert highways scenic vistas overly active wildlife did they just build a souvenir stand that sells extra hair nice yes when you build together the possibilities are endless so gentlemen hold on to your hats and start your lego road trip today at buildtogether.com now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about favorite or bizarre items in our collection. This week, Ben has the first Toy of the Week, so over to you, Ben. Yes, thank you, Eddie. And this week, I am talking about Godzilla, or Godzilla, depending on uh, just how much of a fan you are. Uh, I have a bit of a love-hate thing going on with uh, Funko Pop vinyls. I'm trying really hard to resist uh, getting too deeply invested into any particular line, so I only have a smattering uh, of Pops. Um, But uh, recently I came face-to-face with uh, this particular item, and it is one of the supersized Funko Pop vinyls, and uh, as I mentioned, it is Godzilla. Um, so I guess if anyone is deserving of an oversized pop, it would be uh, this famous fellow. Um, this guy actually came out in 2015. I only just picked it up this week, so 2016 acquisition for me. Um, a long term, long time Godzilla fan, and I have quite a few Godzilla items that range from uh, pretty darn cheap right through to. Uh, probably shouldn't tell my wife how much I paid for it. (laughs) Um, And this one jumped out at me just because uh, I I think Funko have actually presented it quite well. Um, This being a supersized pop comes in at six inches, uh, which is around 15 centimetres in a pretty uh, decent sized Funko box as well. You'll find these around for around US $15. Uh, Now, in terms of packaging, I think... You know, I was looking at the packaging in order to talk about it for this review, and I have to say that the Funko Pop vinyls must have um, quite possibly the most recognisable packaging of any toy yeah. now. So true. They they all have that common look and feel. The only thing that changes is the, the graphic of the character and the number and maybe the colour, but everything else is a, a very standing you know, look and feel, and so you've seen one, you've seen them all, but therefore, you know, when you walk into a store, they just jump out at you. Um, there's really no hiding them. So this one is a supersized figure, so the idea is keep it consistent with the normal pop. So everything about it is pretty much as you would expect. Uh, in in particular, 
the um, the Godzilla logo uh, is taken from the original film. So if you spin the the packaging around, this is one of those typical window boxes. There is actually a graphic on the back from the the original fifties Godzilla film. So it kind of implies that this figure is based on that particular version of Godzilla. Um, I'll talk about that when I get to sculpt. Uh, so that implies that there are, you know, various Godzillas to come as he changed over the years. Um, this is supposedly from the pop movies line. Um, we've talked a few times about how confusing the Funko numbering is. Uh, this guy is number 239. So there you go. That's where he fits in. So you wouldn't want to be an OCD collector um, like me. No, that would be murder. That's right. Um, not much else to, to talk about. Um, it is just an oversized window box. Uh, no credits for sculpting or anything like that. There is just that little um, nod to Toho as the uh, the traditional sort of trademark owner. Um, and, you know, it's all pretty standard. You open this guy up. Uh, one thing I noticed was the way this box was put together um, there's a flap on the side that actually made it easier to open. So unlike my regular size pops, which you traditionally open from the top, uh, this one opened quite easily from the side and then the tray slid out. So uh, within is one of those typical Funko Pop uh, three-piece plastic trays. It's got the two, the two hinges, so the figure sits in the tray and then the the top and the bottom uh, sort of fold over the t- well, the top and the bottom, I guess, of the figure holding it in place. Um, I, I do really like this. I find that it really is good for holding the figures in place. Um, and it says something about Funko too because I think if these figures were actually placed into their packaging soon after painting, you would actually find um, a lot of them sort of sticking to that plastic tray. So they're not, so I think that's uh, a nod to them. So, yeah, look, Godzilla's holding, uh, held into this, you know, this configuration quite well um given that he is a bit awkward with um you know the tail and the arms and the giant feet uh he sits quite nicely so uh, out he comes sits down moving on to the the sculpting uh, so yes he is collector friendly but moving on to the sculpting it's a, a really fun looking figure it's hard to describe the expression he has on his face it's um don't know. He, he looks uh, looks like he's ready to, to tear down your, your city and he's going to have fun doing it. A um, bit of a, a smirk on the face with the, the furrowed brow, etc. Uh, nifty little sculpt. There could be a little bit more detail in the teeth. Uh, I find that the, the sculpt in the teeth uh, doesn't really separate them out particularly well. It just looks like sort of a, a continuous wave uh, as opposed to sculpting individual teeth it's kind of hard to describe um they haven't made that much of an effort to to go into detail there um i guess where the detail does stand out on this guy is in uh the body uh he does have the the nifty little sort of scales done uh, fairly even and uh and, and yeah i'm just sort of looking at them now it's, it's they, they they match quite well from sort of one side of the body to the other so there's some consistency there as well um, interestingly, the spines that run down Godzilla's back from sort of the back of his head right down along to the tail, um, they have three rows of spines here. The outer spines are actually part of the sculpt uh, that come out in the moulding process. However, the centre spines, which are the bigger ones, look like they're actually separate pieces and they've actually been glued into holes later on. So uh, that's a, an interesting choice in the way they've done that. 
Um, so that's all quite nifty. Um, one thing that's interesting is this guy has a, a neck cut that kind of looks like he has articulation, and the same could almost be said for the arms, but oddly enough, there's no articulation of any kind, so it really does look like that head could turn, and it would have been a lot of fun um, if it did. So, uh, And you sort of have to wonder just how much more effort would be involved to, to have that head rotate as opposed to just be glued on. Uh, so I don't know whether perhaps that's a licensing thing, you know, and it takes it from a, you know, a vinyl doll and, and then makes it an action figure. I'm not sure, but it's quite mm. disappointing that, that nothing actually moves on this figure. Do you know um, if the other large-scale ones have the head joint? Not, I don't, this is the only oversized or supersized pop that I own, so I can't really compare. Um, most of the other supersized ones like Thanos, I've actually... Um, been a bit sort of loath to buy because I don't see why Thanos should be an oversized figure when the Hulk or Colossus aren't. Uh, so I, I've held off. Um, so yeah, in terms of sculpts, uh, pretty nifty. This is a, a fun looking figure. This is one that sits on your shelf and is quite cute. I've got uh, a few Godzillas about the same size and uh, everything from stylized through to the quite serious Godzilla. And this is a, a really nifty one, I think. Um, something that's quite clever, uh, the way they've sculpted his tail it actually uh, curves around to one side of his body and then sort of comes up sort of uh, almost as if it's going to go under his armpit. Uh, and it's a really clever way of doing it because it looks perfectly fine. It doesn't look out of place at all. But they've gotten away from that, that typical situation you get with a lot of Godzilla figures and that you've got this massive tail that extends away from the body and obviously you know, it takes up a lot of room. So it's definitely a design choice to try and restrict the amount of size that this figure actually takes up and, and being able to get it into a normal box. So, um, yeah, tip of the hat, I think they've done a, a really good job uh, in, in making that um, quite uh, quite practical. Uh, so, you know, sculpt, I think it's all there. A bit disappointing with the teeth. The nails, too, um, on, the, on the feet are a bit sort of um, blasé. They're very... Uh, very flat. There's no real detail to them at all. It's, they're actually quite smooth, which a um, bit of a shame. Uh, you can actually see inside his mouth and, and see his tongue, which is a separate sculpted piece. Um, but then uh, moving on to the paint, well, you know, this is Funko. Uh, it's a pop. You just know this part of the review is not going to be good. Um, this particular version of the supersized Godzilla, I think there's about four in this series. There's a, a burning version and a, uh, who knows, disco version, can't remember. Anyway, this is the, the normal Godzilla. So he's actually molded in a kind of a, a grey green plastic that, that goes quite well. I actually have him sitting next to a couple of other Godzillas and, and the colour choice is um, quite a good one. Uh, but because he's actually cast in this colour, there's not a lot of opportunity for paint. So the biggest standout uh, in terms of paint on this figure are the teeth and the the fingernails and the toenails. So the teeth are done in a white with uh, no additional colours of any kind. Uh, same with the nails. They're done in sort of a, that off-white colour. No highlights of any kind whatsoever. Um, you've got some red that runs along the, the gums uh, under his teeth and... You know, this is the first time I've ever sort of wondered whether Godzilla has traditional gums because they're, they're nice and <laughs> a nice healthy pink. So maybe his atomic breath um, gets rid of all the bacteria in his mouth or something. That's or maybe he, he flosses. Well, yeah, that's right. He probably uses power lines or something to, yeah. to floss. So, Human um, bones. Yes. Look, one of the big, big, big pet peeves I have with Funko is this this need to really Photoshop the crap out of their 
their promotional shots. So whenever you see figures um, solicited, they're, they're heavily photoshopped. They're obviously photoshopped into the packaging um, because there's no sign of the, uh, the plastic tray that holds them in place. And I find this really annoying as a collector because you know the finished item is not going to look anything like that, but Funko just, consist, uh, just insist on doing the practice. And so what you actually get is a, a really awesome-looking Godzilla promo shot with these perfect teeth and perfect gums and everything, and then the figure turns up and, you know, it's the typical um, Gertie paint job uh, on a Funko Pop vinyl. So what I get is red from the gums uh, on the green skin, I get red from the gums on the teeth. I get white from the teeth on the gums. Uh, it's really a, a hotchpotch uh, job here. They really have sort of hacked it. Um, there's even sort of random red stuff on the teeth as if someone's accidentally bumped the, the, the paintbrush up against the teeth at some point. And to think, there was actually three of these in the store, so I actually got to pick out the best one of the three. <laughs> Um, the black in the eyes is actually well done. Uh, they do actually have some nice curves to it. They, they haven't managed to sort of paint a square or anything like that. Uh, black in the nose as well. However, the biggest letdowns, uh, I think there's actually two here. Um, one is the toenails. And what they've done, and this is really kind of awkward, is they've painted the toenails this kind of off-white colour but they've obviously done it while the figure is sitting on a table. So he has these giant flat feet, which means he sits really, really well. And so they've painted the toes, but because they haven't lifted it off the table to paint it, the bottom parts of the, the toenails are still green. So they haven't even bothered to sort of pick it up and then just run the paintbrush underneath to finish off the nails uh, in their entirety. It's, it's really quite awkward. Um, not that you're sort of going to pick the figure up and look underneath, but the second you pick it up and you do look at it from underneath, you can see that it's unfinished. Um, but worse still are actually the dorsal spines. Um, they actually have silver highlights, which is very common on a lot of Godzilla figures. But the way they've slapped on the silver, they've done a very bad job. Um, they've kind of made an attempt. It's kind of, I don't know whether they've gone to outright paint them silver and just sort of botched it with poor coverage or whether they've just gone for a very heavy dry brush effect but what i've got is very haphazard you know some of the dorsal spines are done well uh, and others are done really badly but uh one of the things i couldn't check was um, obviously the paint on the back of this figure while it was still in the box at the store um, so what i've got on my figure is a couple of areas on his back where there's just silver paint uh, as if again somebody has just accidentally bumped the brush up against the figure while they've been um, you know, mass painting these figures. So there's just random spots of silver uh, all over the place, uh, which is really quite poor, uh, I think. But, you know, this is a Funko Pop, which is not unusual. So, um, look, moving on, articulation, not a lot happening here. Uh, it's zero articulation, which is a bit disappointing, but that could be a licensing thing. Accessories, uh, nothing. Uh, no need to look for a stand because this guy is... Um, Let's just say Godzilla's got some junk in the trunk, so he's quite um, he's quite big in the bottom half, so he sits really, really well. So overall, this really does fall into the category of uh, sitting on your shelf. He's a really neat-looking figure because it's a really, really fun sculpt. Uh, it's, it's a really, really fun, hyper-stylized version of, of the big G. I like it a lot. But then when you get closer, it really starts to come apart quite quickly. It's um, which you know it's it's becoming all too familiar 
for, for Funko and it's something that they still haven't addressed. Uh, we've talked about it on the show for a long time. Obviously, others are talking about it on the forums and whatnot and, you know, Funko is still letting this happen. So, um, look, I, I just don't think I can can go too high on this and I'm, I'm going to round it out by giving this guy $6.5 out of 10. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that... Um there's a tension, obviously, for Funko between the mass popularity of these and the need for quality. Um, mm. But, I, you know, I don't think that even uh, a kid that was collecting these wants crappy paint. Mm. Um, mm. And I think that something like the you know, oversized Godzilla, you know, that that's not... That's a collector item. You know, it's aimed at a collector. It's not something that someone walking past is just going to go, "Oh, mommy, can I have that Godzilla?" Like, yeah, yeah. So you know, I but I I can appreciate that there is obviously a, a tension between uh, quality and keeping the cost down. Um, but you would think that the volume that these are being made at um, would provide them with and sold at would provide them with a a budget to accomplish oh, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, look, the price is cheap. Uh, one thing I didn't mention is looking at this figure, and I guess the, the sculpt being as much fun as it is, um, you know, I'd really like to throw out a call to Funko and say, you know, instead of producing all this Funko pop vinyl crap like t shirts and mugs and badges and pins and sanitary napkins and whatever, you know, I'd, I'd love to see him go a step further and do a, you know, a mega supersized scale you know scale this up this one again and and do a 12 inch line yeah that would be really fun i think it would yeah i I could really and i think it would actually benefit you know like the marvel and dc universes too there's there's bound to be characters eventually that would benefit from like a 12 inch pop vinyl and uh, i mean if you know six inches only 15 bucks then you know 50 bucks wouldn't be that um that outrageous yeah 12 inch collectors would be cool yeah exactly exactly um I did get curious, and I googled the pop vinyls around two thirty nine. So, if you're putting this on your shelf in uh, order of the movie line, uh, Godzilla <laughs> goes between uh, White Goodman from Dodgeball and the <laughs> bloody Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, well, there you go. So, there yeah. you go. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. Very good. Well, that wraps things up for our Toy of the Week. When we come back, we will be talking about the new items that we've added to our collection this week. Yahoo! It's me, Beetlejuice. So, Adam, check out my great new house, The Vanishing Wall. Scary! Each sold separately. Just lie down inside and say, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Even smell. I'm scary. Boo! Ah! Now, back to normal. Beetlejuice. Like it? Makes my head spin. Speaking of spins, let's take one of my awesome phantom flyer. A real scare on wheels. Great for on the ground or in the air frights. Pop wheelies. Ah! Give Olsto a lift. Am I the ghost with the most or what? Well, we're all here because we collect. So feeding the addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made. And Ben, you have our first feeding the addiction. So what have you grabbed this week? Yeah, I had a bit of a a win uh, a couple of weeks ago. They've just taken this long to actually get to me. And uh, I was stalking one of the Facebook groups when a fellow threw up a 
for sale uh, with a whole bunch of secondhand Palisades Muppets figures. And uh, I jumped on that quickly and exchanged magic invisible internet money and got a really cool box of Muppets. Uh, unfortunately, a bunch of the accessories are missing, and I know John's commented a few times that that's what really makes the line. But I ended up getting 24 figures for about 70 US dollars. So I was um, very pleased indeed. They worked out to be about $3.50 each, I think. Uh, and going, good. Yeah, I'm very pleased. And going through the, um, the, the checklist of figures, I think I pretty much picked up two-thirds of the line in, um, in one go. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm quite pleased and it's got me sort of um, – Got me sort of keen to pick up what I'm missing. And I already had a few figures that I've picked up around the place. I had a a Series 1 Kermit still sort of um, on the card. I also had a Rolf as well. Oh, I'm so jealous. That's the only one I want. I love love Rolf. Um, I also was lucky enough some time ago to pick up the um, the animal and his drum, you know, drum kit in the stage, the the place, and I got that for a really good price because... um, the drums were broken, so I actually just used some, you know, using my my hobby skills, I used some sort of paper clips, you know, some wire from paper clips, and I drilled holes and, and repaired them and strengthened them, and it looks perfectly fine. So, so yeah, now I'm really quite keen to pick up some of the others, but unfortunately, there's a few that are still sitting at big, big bucks, like Janice is one that I'm missing, and also the um, the chef, Swedish chef in his kitchen. But, um, yeah, and the other thing I picked up, of course, was uh, Godzilla. So, that's me. Very good. And, Mr. Scotty, what have you been purchasing this week? Oh, boy. (laughs) I've had a a week of arrivals and purchases. Um, I got my Marvel Legends Onslaught Wave, which we will review when Eddie finally gets his. Uh, But he's not bitter. Um, I got my... uh, Star Wars R5-D4 that I'm going to review a bit later. I also got, um, with my Onslaught wave from Big Bad Toy Store, I got the last couple of waves of the Marvel Infinite 3 and 3 quarter line. So that is the most recent one that's uh, got Triton from the Inhumans and the Carol Denver's Captain Marvel um, and Korg. And uh, then the one before it, they had Northstar and Emma Frost and a few others. So I haven't actually had a chance to open those yet, but um, I do really enjoy... Oh, and Yondu um, is in there as well. So I'm really enjoying the um, universe-building side of that because they definitely seem to have a bit of a plan, um, and they're working through bunches of characters, and that is great. Um, I... Don't know why, but I have bought and am waiting to receive the Sideshow premium format Daredevil um, that will go with the zero other Marvel premium formats that I currently <laughs> have. But I do have two on order because I, you know, I had, I'd started them and then I stopped and they turned into um, the fence and landscaping for our house. Um, not literally, like I sold them to pay for it. I didn't make them out of it. Don't freak out. Somewhere uh, in the suburbs of Melbourne, <laughs> there's ivies <laughs> creeping around a Galactus and a Doom on his right. yeah. No, I didn't have that many. So, um, and uh, but I have decided that um, I suppose with the Bowen 
stuff seeming to have come to an end and um that you know that's something i'm going to start thinning out um and uh try and do just classic versions of some of the main marvel characters and the so i've got the uh upcoming spider-man and brown costume wolverine on pre-order and the Daredevil is still at a reasonable it's starting to go up in the secondary market, but there was somebody on a Facebook book group selling it for retail and I had seen it in person and thought, hmm, that is a really good, nice comic accurate Daredevil. Um and I do really love Daredevil. Back from the, I met him, uh, discovered him in you the. Met Daredevil. Well, <laughs> you met Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, totes. <laughs> I discovered him back in the. You know, I've, I've told the story a lot about how I discovered Marvel Comics was by inheriting a huge box of, um, of Marvel stuff from an older friend of mine who left home, um, to join the Navy, and in there was all the Contest of Champions. Mm, um, the mm. original one, and Daredevil, of course, was in that. So that's where I discovered him. So anyway, I'm very excited to um, get that. Unfortunately, I have to go away for work this week, so I have to wait till next weekend to get him. Um, then I also, not for me, um, have been chasing friends' pop vinyls <laughs> for my oh, young. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that you're buying pop friends' pop vinyls for a friend? Uh, no, for a daughter. Oh, okay. so yeah. So my youngest child, with your daughter. Yeah, my my youngest child is uh, friends obsessed, and when she found out that they were uh, that they had been made, she was like, "I have to have them all, or I will die." Um, <laughs> so I haven't been really stressed about it because um, I was like, "Oh yeah, they're pops, right?" And so I started having a look yesterday. I thought, oh, I might get one, you know, today. And, uh, yeah, they're um, going to be really hard to find, I think. Um, so I saw them all when they came out everywhere. And I asked at my local Zing, and they were like, oh, we literally sold the last one that we had five minutes ago. Are um, you going to Melbourne anytime soon? Uh, oh, I've managed to get most of them already. Okay. Yeah, it's by chasing around. Why? I was going to say the Toy World at Docklands, I think, has stacks of them. There, oh, okay, cool. If there's any you're still after. Cool. Yeah, no, I've, I've so uh, she's only got one, but I, I've uh, stocked up to make sure I've got them. So I've got most of them. So she got the Monica yesterday. They're really quite cute. And they're, you know, th- there's always that thing of like, how do you tell with these human characters? But they've done really nice kind of things uh, from the show to make them look like the characters and anyway she's excited so that's cool um and then i had a blind box fail i have been looking Mm. at my local zing at the last couple remaining of the disney mystery minis where it's like the hero and the villain because there are so there was like you know peter pan and hook and or captain hook sorry and um ursula and ariel and a whole bunch of them you know ones from a bug's life and everything and I'm a really big Peter Pan fan. I think Ursula is hilarious, and I, you know, and I kept looking at thinking that could be really fun. I would really like almost all of those. Um, and I got Jasmine, <laughs> and I was like, man, like you know, far out. <laughs> and if I offered them to, I offered her to anyone in my office, and they were like, "Are you kidding? Get stuff." I'm like, "Oh, fine." <laughs> So she was like, I opened it up and then she kind of got tossed in one of the drawers in my office desk. And I'm like, this is why I shouldn't buy these things. 
So that was yeah. me. I like Aladdin. Oh, I do too, but just a random me, me too, but like, you know, a random jasmine on its own. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I'm just going to get one of these, but most of them actually sitting on your desk, just to, you know, sit on your desk. If it was, you know, Ursula or um, Peter Pan or whatever, it'd be like, oh, that's cute. But Jasmine? No. Yeah, even a Raja would be better than Yeah, that. fine. I was like, <laughs> I'd, I'd have him for sure. I love the hook, you know, like this. Yeah. So I should have eBayed, but. but yeah. But that's me. Uh, well, I've been doing a bit of purchasing this week. As I said, I've been going to a lot of movies, which means going to a lot of shopping centers, which means buying a lot of stuff. <laughs> uh, so I've picked up a lot of Ninja Turtles. I finally picked up the Mystic Turtles because they're starting to disappear and I was taking them for granted that they'd be around. Uh, also found the Futuroid and the Triceraton in the new wave, uh, the Ultimate Terminator 2. Uh, figures that I will be talking about shortly. Uh, that also led to me buying the NECA Ultimate Commando John Matrix figure, which is awesome, and I love that in the sculpt of him, they've even included the sort of movie mistake of where he's tied his grenades to his jacket through the firing pin yeah. uh, that you pull out. That's just, I, I like, the very nice attention to detail there. Uh, I grenades for breakfast. <laughs> and I'm very hungry. Um <laughs> I also decided to track down the Lieutenant Alan Ripley figure because I noticed she has ended up being hard to come by and wasn't well distributed, and he's starting to sneak up in price. Uh, Now, I did manage to find one for Australian retail. The only catch was it was on a Facebook page that was completely in German. Oh. And I had to do some translate. And this was actually one of those ones. Do you know ever notice when you're searching on eBay and you'll find like a whole lot of things that you're looking for and then you click in to the actual sale and it's select the character that you want? Yeah. And you go oh, in and it's always like the me. two peg warmers and all the actual ones that are in the photo that you wanted are actually sold out. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those, but this actually had the figure that I wanted in there, which was the Ripley. Uh, so this could end up being interesting, depending on how well I've interpreted the language that was on the eBay seller's page. <laughs> but I figure I either get a figure or I get a story uh, <laughs> for the podcast. At some yes. point, I picked up the uh, Star Wars... Black Series Wave 5, so the Old Man Han and the Flame Trooper and all that that Ben talked about last week that's been appearing at Aussie Retail. Quite luckily, I strangely found the hand in a uh, – the Han, sorry, I should say, in a video game store uh, sitting in the Xbox section, not over near any figures or anything like that. Someone had picked mm-hmm. him up and put him down and was my advantage. I picked up the Batman v Superman uh, basic figures, so I got a Batman, a uh, armored Batman, and Scotty's favorite Aquaman figure that he picked up and put down. Uh, uh, so I now <laughs> own an Aquaman figure that Scotty doesn't even own. Mm-hmm, you're welcome to it. Yep. So, oh, I'll, I'll keep it warm for you. Uh, oh, is that the, that's the Rob Zombie figure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That jerk hasn't gotten all oh, wait. Yes, it has. No. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I grabbed also the PowerCon exclusive Masters of the Universe figure, so the Red Beast Man and the Camo Khan 
variants, so I made sure I had them locked in for when they come out later in the year. And I also picked up, uh, like uh, Scotty, not for myself but for a friend, I found out the Web Warriors Spider Knight and Spider-Man 2099, which are clogging pegs at targets here in Australia, are actually quite rare in the States. So I picked up uh, some of them to ship off to some friends uh, of the shows there overseas. So I was going around picking up a few of them. So hopefully that will help uh, relieve the stress through there Mm. for those that are actually looking for them. And, yeah, and that was all my ones. I'm a little bit out of breath now. That was the most exercise I've done all week. That's quite a haul. Yeah. Yeah, My wallet's lighter. That'll make it easier on the other end. But, yeah. Uh, So if uh, no one has anything else to report, speak now or forever hold your peace. Holding. Holding. Well, we'll be right back with our second Toy of the Week. From the Black Hole Collection, it's Vincent. Look, a black hole in space. And Captain Dan Holland. It's the Black Hole action figures, each sold separately. You can pretend the evil Dr. Reinhardt and Maximilian want to force Captain Holland and Vincent into the Black Hole. All clear, Captain. Other Black Hole action figures sold separately. Maximilian, Captain Holland, Vincent, and all Black Hole action figures sold separately by Migo. Well, now it's time for our second toy of the week, and Eddie has decided that uh, because he can't go large, he's going to go for more. And Eddie, take it away. Uh, thank you, Mr. Shake. And, yeah, I've decided to do the NECA Ultimate Terminator 2 line. I couldn't pick between which figure to do and they all are kind of thematically linked so i decided to just do all three of them so it is the ultimate terminator 2 uh line it's got the t800 which is your arnold schwarzenegger figure your t1000 which is your robert patrick uh liquid metal cop and your sarah connor played by linda hamilton uh produced by necker uh, who have been doing fantastic work with these 80s and 90s licenses. Uh, it was, I think, they might have started to slip out there in 2015, but it pretty much was a 2016 year of release for these. These are just hitting uh, right now at the moment. Uh, they are action figures. They're looking to set you back here in Australia about $45 each. I'm not 100% on the US retail uh, for them, but they're creeping up there a little bit. But considering these are sort of the ultimate setups and you get a ton of accessories, they're actually really not too badly priced uh, in comparison to your basic NECA figures. Now, the packaging on these is fantastic. It's done, uh, it's a box design, it's got a flap window with a uh, clear plastic window to look in, see the figure, folds up all very nicely lined. Uh, All these ultimates are fitting into the same size sort of box shape, so if you're putting them on a bookshelf, they line up uh, very nice and neatly for those like me who are kind of OCD about having boxes remain the same shape. They're very similar to the video game boxes that NECA has been doing. Uh, Instead of being a video game box art design though these do have a very retro 90s feel uh it does feel very much like the design artwork on the box would have been 
what was out at the release of Terminator 2 uh, back in the early 90s. So I do like that. The pictures of the characters on the front just look like they're from promotional clip art uh, of the time that would have been released to promote the movie, uh, which is a very nice touch. Uh, and you can easily slide the tray out, get the figures and bits and pieces out, pop them back in, slide the tray back in, fix it up like it's brand new. So uh, I would say these are pretty much as close to collector-friendly uh, as a packaging as it may come. Now, the sculpt on these uh, is incredible. Uh, I do think... Neck is probably as close as we're coming at the moment to Hot Toys level uh, sculpting in the sort of six-inch action figure form. Uh, now, I've put some pictures of mine up here for the guys to see as we talk about this, and I don't think the lighting in my photos actually does the sculpts of these uh, justice. They are really brilliant and really fantastic. Un unfortunately, a lot of the detail uh, is lost in photos of them. So if you get a chance to check these out in hand and in person, they are really, really well done, particularly the Robert Patrick uh, is – I almost oh, imagine them doing yeah. It, yeah. it better. It's the work they've done on him getting uh, – like his temples – he doesn't have a regular man's temples, but they've <laughs> managed to get the temples of his head so much so that if you're not looking at any other part of his face but just his temples, you can look at it and go, like, that's definitely uh, Robert Patrick in, in there. And all the details on their clothing is amazing. Like, I had no idea until getting a hold of this figure that the cop that Robert Patrick killed name must have been Austin because that's the name on his plate, on his... Uh, police uniform there you can actually read the writing uh through so very very nicely done uh in terms of sculpts on these figures which i'll touch on a little bit as i cover some other things uh now the paintwork on them is very well done the color choices are near spot on on everything my only little gripe is on the plain Arnold Schwarzenegger head for the T-800. His lips are a little bit too pink. It kind of looks mm. like he might have used uh, the wrong shade of lipstick on him there. It's uh, not too awkward. bad, yeah. but it's, it's one of the few points where it kind of sticks out a little bit of not being correct. Uh, now, the applications are really well done. I'm really quite impressed on the amount of applications done. There's just little touches like buttons on the back of the jacket that you could have been skipped over and I never would have missed them. But the fact that they're there uh, is incredible. Uh, the belt being, you know, completely different colours to other pieces used. Some very nice washing to create like a real leather effect uh, on Arnie or just, you know, the very accurate choice of dark navy blue of the police uniform being spot on but then being very thin washes added to the creases in the clothes to help them come out and play an effect or like a tiny little bit of a gold wash just over the badge on the t1000s uniform just to bring that out these are just some really incredible paint applications my only bad spot with these is on the sarah connor with sunglasses one of her sunglasses is a little bit wonky, but once again, for the most part, these are um, some really well done uh, paint applications on these, so very much top-notch 
now, articulation. Uh, now, I don't know about you guys. I always need to question myself when I'm thinking about articulation, but sometimes, you know, is a ball joint two pieces of articulation or is it one, uh, depending on how it might be cut if you can't see how it's done inside? But I'm sort of listing those things as one. So on these, you're looking on average at about 15 points of articulation each. Mm. Uh, most of them either being ball joints or cut joints. Uh, so it's not a Marvel Legends level of uh, posing you're going to get out of them, but you can actually, they're sculpted and done in a way that you can get a lot of classic iconic poses out of the figures from the film. So uh, the poses you want to get them in, you can. And there's a few other poses you can get outside of that. So uh, it is limited, but it is well done in terms of their posability, if that makes any sense at all. The one weird spot with the articulation, though, is on the Arnold Schwarzenegger T-800, he has two cut joints on his right leg. So one just down the thigh and one in the middle of his shin. And he doesn't have that in the other leg and I was kind of wondering, is this to do with getting him in his minigun pose or something? You know, you can sort of twist the leg out a bit to help him stand better. But he does have swivel points in the knee, in the um, ankles. So you could kind of do that anyway. Mm. And what I think it might be, this is just completely a theory on my end. It's not backed by any fact at all. But because these figures come with a lot of swappable parts... I wondered if in the initial plan for this guy, you could actually, and I think you could, I don't want to do it because I don't want to loosen it, you could actually pop this leg off and connect a damaged leg part over this mm. leg because this is the leg that does get damaged towards the end of the film and whether that yeah. we're going to have a damaged leg piece Yeah, because you could actually see the knee joint, couldn't you? In the yeah. And it was on that leg, so that's where I think it might have been a swappable part planned here originally that they haven't gone through with. Uh, but apart from that, it's just kind of a weird uh, two pieces of articulation there uh, on his leg that we are left with. Now, that also brings me to what really makes these figures fantastic, which is their accessories. The amount of accessories you get with these guys is the equivalent to pulling a chain in the middle of the desert, having a trapdoor lift, and then walking down into an armory. Uh, you get that many guns uh, with them and bits and bobs. So the T-800, you get three heads with him. You get a basic Arnold Schwarzenegger head. You get the Arnold Schwarzenegger head with the sunglasses, and you get a battle-damaged head with the endoskeleton starting to come through on the side. And also, if you look at it from the back, uh, the cut where you could get the CPU chip out of him. Uh, he also comes with a shotgun, a grenade launcher, a grenade belt, a pistol, and the minigun that also has the uh, bag of ammo and the chain of ammo connecting right. it through coming in there. So uh, <laughs> you'd be very hard-pressed to think of a scene in the movie where he's firing a gun that you couldn't replicate that uh, in some way manner or form and it does give you a lot of varying looks just doing things like taking the grenade belts on and off him adding the minigun uh through there uh is really spot on and this is where it does get clever his arm 
uh, sculpting and articulation can allow him to hold the shotgun in the classic scene where he's walking down the hallway, but, you know, with a bit of a flip of the posability and swap around of parts, you can also get him looking identical to when he was holding the minigun up in the tower and firing down on the police uh, parts down there. So really fantastic set of things here, and he's one of the best for swapping around and getting different looks out of. Uh, the other one's the T-1000, the Robert Patrick. Uh, now, I actually forgot to mention with him one of the brilliant parts of his sculpting uh, and posability is you can actually really get the head tilt going with him. So oh, in the film like when he waves where, his finger at you. Yeah, so you can get that and he can turn his head to the side like he's studying and looking and analysing things just really, really well done. Uh, but his head is also swappable and it comes with the head where it's cut down the middle and would have to reform and the donut hole looking head from where he took a blast to the side that's that iconic image of that giant hole that just sort of seeps back through. Now, unfortunately, my cut-in-half head, uh, the joint wasn't moulded 100% correctly, so it doesn't sit super tight. It does still go on, uh, but you can pull it off easily, but uh, very minor issue there. It does still look great. And he also has a different swappable piece uh, that's kind of odd. I haven't really seen this too much, and it's a swappable chest plate. Uh, so the front of his uniform actually comes off. Uh, so the back of the figure still remains on and you can put on another chest with the bullet holes through there from when he gets shot Sweet. in the belly and the silver comes through. Uh, and that adds a whole bunch of swap out parts and change. So you can have him with the bullet holes with the regular head, bullet holes, and then the donut head side, bullet holes and the cut down the middle. And then if that wasn't enough, posing and swapping out for you you can also swap out his four arms for the sort of crowbar arms that he uses when chasing after them uh in the car scene where he's attaching on the top of the car uh you can also swap out the hands and get the needle fingers going from when he kills uh john's foster parents and uh interrogates a few people uh there's also an extra gun hand so you can put the gun that comes with him uh in through there so Lots of different swap-outs and formations for the T-1000 here. So he's, I think, really earning his ultimate name with the amount of bits mm -hmm. and pieces you can have going on uh, with him there. And lastly, the Sarah Connor. Her keeping with the theme does also come with three different heads. Now, weirdly enough, the three heads that she comes with are also the three head variants that you got with the figure in the McFarlane days of Movie Maniacs, they did three different variants of her, and uh, the difference in them was all these three different heads. So it's a head with her army cap and sunglasses on, a head that's just a regular uh, Sarah Connor, and a head that's regular Sarah Connor, but it, with her hair done up in a ponytail. Uh, now, the likeness on these heads is just spot on. I had the pleasure of hanging out with Miss Hamilton um, for a couple of days when I was in Canada, and I do really think they've got her likeness down uh, on these head sculpts, particularly uh, the one in the ponytail, I think just looks like her uh, in um, <laughs> running out of my small vocabulary to use here, but that's uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> just make up a word. It's never stopped you yeah. before. Like... <laughs> it's gerbil. It's, yeah. yeah. it's, fl it's flurbled. 
It's such a <laughs> flurble uh, sculpt in here. No, it's uh, incredibly spot on. Uh, just the way they um, had the jawline sculpted and that is just uh, really, really fantastic uh, because she does have a bit of a unique facial sculpture and they've really captured it here. Uh, but she also comes armed to the hilt. Uh, so she has the rifle from the scene where she's hunting down Miles Dyson, the pistol. She's got her knife that she jams into the table that's really nicely done. It even has uh, sort of soft straps coming off the top of it, so it looks spot on to the knife that she had in the film. And my favourite accessory that she comes with is that tactical shotgun that she could do the one-handed pump with and the actual uh, bullet section on the top is movable uh, now if it would my gun terminology is quite poor so uh, you can move that off the top and it becomes kind of the butt of the gun what I would imagine would be the terminology it's got for a folding it. stock Folding stock, sorry. Uh, so the folding stock actually folds. And what I do kind of like here is so that that's not flapping around and loose uh, when you've got it on top of the gun, if you give it a slight squeeze at the back, there's a pin that lines up with it so it will lock in and stay nice and steady. Then when you move it, you just sort of pull a little bit of the side out a bit and that becomes nice and loose and you can fold the stock down. And once again, once it's in position, you give it a little bit of a squeeze and that pin goes into another section and it stays nice and stable when it's folded down so that piece isn't flapping around uh, as you move it. And it just adds that little bit of extra detail uh, that I think goes a very long way uh, with that accessory. Uh, so <laughs> you might be able to guess, by the way, I've talked about these uh, already. <laughs> I'm quite glowing on them. I'm very impressed. It led to me... Because uh, I got all three of these on one day, I pretty much went out very soon after and picked up the Ultimate uh, Commando one uh, for very similar reasons, even though he didn't have the swappable heads. Just having these figures come with so many accessories and bits and bobs, uh, I really am a big fan of it. So I'm probably going to have to give these 9.5 dollies out of 10. Uh, mm. I'd be very hard pressed except for a few minor little nitpicks uh, to imagine them being much better and I'm definitely going to be looking forward to the NECA ultimate figures that are coming out in the future in particularly uh, that uh, T-800 from the first film, the Technoir one that they revealed at Toy Fair I'm very eagerly awaiting that one <laughs> Excellent, I think they're doing a Predator too Yeah, I think they said the Predator first film and second film so uh hopefully you'll get your wish that you're talking about a few episodes of having swappable heads with that one so mm. don't need to do the mask through and i'm sure there's going to be other i know there's the jason coming out and uh there was yeah. a freddy krueger already and um would be shocked if there weren't other ones down the line a rambo or a robocop i mean they could do a lot with this line uh and i should say like a lot of the sculpts on some of these were used for the original Terminator line that NECA did, um, just mm. with added articulation and pieces in here. So uh, they can be quite clever with it. But at the same time, if you brought, say, the original uh, Puscadero Escape Arnie, uh, I definitely think this is a worthwhile upgrade for your money too. Yeah. I think this is a, a really clever way for NECA to sort of reinvent uh, figures that they've already released. So, for example, I made the mistake of um, 
delaying uh, in picking up a Dutch Schaefer from Predator. That's the Arnie from from Predator. Uh, and now the the one that I actually want has gone up quite a bit on the secondary market. So I'm actually hoping that uh, he will actually get the the ultimate treatment as well, and I'll get all the, the you know the assorted heads, the cigar smoking head, etc. All in uh, one nice, neat package. Yeah, definitely so. I'm hoping uh, through there. But, yeah, that brings me to the end of my Toy of the Week. So with that, we'll be back with our final uh, Toy of the Week from Scotty. They're going to fight! They're going to fight! I thought Daniel wouldn't fight! He's got no choice! Justin, you must fight to the finish. Remember, Daniel, son, true strength comes from heart. He's gonna do it! Discover the secrets of karate with Karate Kid Tri-Action figures. Concentrate, Daniel son. They chop, twist, and kick. Karate Kid Tri-Action figures are each sold separately. And for more action, look for the Karate Kid Competition Center from Remco. Now it's time for our final toy of the week, and for our final one, we're going with Scotty. So over to you, Scotty. Thank you very much, Eddie. I have been enjoying collecting various original trilogy uh, Star Wars 1-6 scale figures from both Hot Toys and Sideshow. Um, In the uh, wave of excitement after seeing Episode 7, I thought I was going to do Episode 7 uh, characters as well, but I think I've changed my mind um, simply because... Uh, how long is a piece of string um, and I'm going to try and be really good and stick to original trilogy characters of which there are a lot and uh, a while back on the show I reviewed the Sideshow Deluxe Six Scale R2-D2 set and tonight I am a uh, reviewing the uh, one that almost was the R5-D4 so if you haven't seen Star Wars uh, A New Hope, um, spoiler warning, uh, mm-hmm. se- severely old spoilers, um, R5-D4 is the droid that Luke originally chooses alongside uh, C-3PO when he goes to buy droids for Uncle Owen from the Jawas. And uh, despite C-3PO's recommendations that R2-D2 would be a fantastic droid, he chooses uh, R5-D4 instead, but then they don't get very far before uh, the R5-D4 um, fritzes out rather comically and uh, with a bad motivator, um, <laughs> which Luke then points out to the Jawas and swaps him for R2-D2, and the rest, as we know, is history. Um, except it's not real. Um, <clears throat> so this is um, that that version of that character. Now, I mentioned a bit before when we were talking about the um, astromech droid version of this that's been solicited that um, there obviously is a lot of reuse of the R2 um, stuff from the Deluxe, and that's not just laziness. That is actually screen accurate. You know, I've gone back and looked at... Um, the uh, screenshots and production stills, etc., to kind of check this over. Um, and, you know, it is a very legitimate inclusion in the line. I definitely had my R5-D4 uh, figure back in the day. Um, and th- this is a bit different in terms of what's included because it's not the deluxe set. Um, so I'll start with packaging. This is um, the standard uh, sideshow 
uh, Star Wars black packaging with the um, picture of the uh, piece on it that then opens up. Um, I actually got this from our sponsor, Pop Culture, not from Sideshow. And something I thought was really interesting, I've noticed this before, when I buy Sideshow things, um, the smaller Sideshow stuff from Pop Culture, if I bought this from uh, Sideshow, then they would stick a sticker on the brown shipper and send it wherever and whatever happened to the brown shipper box would be oh well when you buy this from pop culture it comes wrapped in like three layers of bubble wrap um with with no sticker on it etc so if you're really particular about the state of your brown shippers and live in australia something to think about um there's no sideshow exclusive to this piece so no no biggie about where you get it from um this is a much smaller box than the archery because there aren't the same inclusions. Archery came not just with the figure, but also um, with the uh, little table that he projects the Princess Leia hologram on and the highly controversial drinks tray mm-hmm. um, of that, that famous discussion. Um, whereas this doesn't come with other props or pieces besides a couple of little accessories for the figure itself. So it is a much um, smaller figure, uh, very, very nicely presented as all of the sideshow stuff is. Um, very easy to, very collector friendly, um, easy to open and pull out the tray. Um, it does then come with a uh, tray with a, a cover that has got the figure in it and a couple of little pieces. So if you remember the experiences that I had with my R2-D2, um, I was a little bit gun-shy in opening and um, having a go at using theoretically movable parts with this figure. Back when I got my R2, um, there are quite a number of openable compartments on both the R2 and on this R5-D4 figure, Um, but this is uh, not a big figure, and so they're still fairly intricate, and I had some issues with parts for my um, R2-D2. I actually had to send off for a replacement dome because one of the panel, one of the removable panels or panels that's supposed to pop open on uh, his head broke off. And when I got my replacement, the same thing happened. Um, so I just kind of decided to live with it. So I haven't been as adventurous in trying to open every openable bit about uh, for, for R5, R5-D4 because I'm not going to be displaying him with any of them open, and I'd rather he wasn't broken. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, in terms of the, the detail and articulation that this does uh, come with, it is a um, you know, quite a detailed uh, figure. There are there's nothing that's just painted on. Everything is sculpted. So all of the um, you know details of the little panels on his body um, are all all sculpted elements. And there are some very subtle differences to um, the R2. Some of the elements on his legs are swapped around to be kind of mirror image, but the barrel of the body itself is the same as the R2-D2 um, unit with just different colors. And it, while I haven't been as adventurous, it does appear to have the same um, 
number of opening panels. So most of the little panels on the barrel actually open. Um, part of what this comes with in terms of accessories, um, if you want to call it that, is a couple of different antenna um, that seem to be the same that you can pop on his head. And then he also comes with two magnetic restraining bolts that you can use that make it easier to open these tiny little compartments. Um, I, ha I have had some issues with those little compartments um, with R2 either coming off, but they, they can be put back on. So I just haven't been keen to kind of try and open every single bit of this guy here. Um, in fact, initially I was like, right, I'm not touching any of those accessory bits. I'm just going to leave them in the tray. And I did my photos that are up on Facebook right now. I realized without the antenna that he should have in his head. So I'll put that back in and do another one because he can be um, displayed with that. Uh, this to me feels like a, a sturdier little piece than the, the Archu. One of the things that is a bit of a issue with the Archu, and I really only worked it out now that I've got this one, is that Archu's um, center, uh, what do you call them, leg? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, retractable, is like retractable tread leg, um, is actually quite loose. And so it means that he is almost a little bit wobbly um, because that, that uh, third leg isn't very sturdy. Um, and now that I've got this R5 where the leg is sturdy and uh, it really makes a difference to the stability of the figure. So that's interesting just in terms of the the difference in joints, I guess, etc. Um, I I think that um, you know it, it it looks like it's the same mechanics, um, and so it could just be the way that the, they're particularly have been assembled, etc. But uh, my Archie feels a little bit fragile because it's so. Uh, I've had so many different issues with it. This one just feels like a, a sturdier piece, um, so it's a bit easier to kind of have a bit of a play with it, spin it around, and not worry that something's going to break off or that it's all going <laughs> to um, come apart. Um, the the uh, his head, the little dome head, uh, moves quite nicely. It's not. Uh, it is removable. Sorry, just like the um, R2 unit's uh, head was, um, but it's then you can see that it's actually not hollow all the way through, but you can see that the little top of his head is um, hollow. Uh, he does come with a little uh, nod to the bad motivator, which is what they call a pop-up bad motivator feature, <laughs> where the back, back little panel on the top of his head is meant to be able to press and the bad motivator pops up. Now, I have had a bit of a go at that, and uh, no dice on that. Yeah, well, what happened? But see, this is what happened with my Archu: is that you press, press the little panel, and then it snaps. It snaps in, and so I've just decided. Well, I can live without be ever seeing that bad motivator. Um, I'd rather have that than have a broken panel on the top of his head. I don't really feel like having to send off for a replacement one for this as well. So uh, I, it's quite small. I think, you know, it, it's, it's a very kind of um, delicate thing because of the size, you know, this is, it's a one six scale, but these are tiny, you know, compared to the, the one six scale figures. So I pressed and pressed until I felt like if I kept pressing, it was just going to cave in. And so I'm just not going to worry about it. Um, but, you know, a bit of a, bit of a bummer. I think that, you know, that this is a, um, 
yeah, you know, there there may be some you know kind of engineering issues um, here when you think about the challenges I've had with the two pieces. Um, mm. But look, you know, obviously not now. Oh, that was just his head falling off because I. Um, uh, I thought the motivator came. Yeah, there's a it's a very bad motivator. Uncle Owen. That's just we got yeah. That so, moment. Uh, that's so annoying. Uh, now I have to give a uh, John. John would be very happy because this piece is really, really, really nicely weathered. Um, it's it's dirty. got yeah, it's dirty. It's just got it's got some beautiful little, um, you know. Uh, bits of dirt on it that look that they've just done a fantastic job and it's really interesting because the way that they've weathered it actually really uh makes it look quite different in some levels from the r2d2 figure even though the barrel of it everything except for the head is the same with different paint but the weathering is different um and they've you know kind of accented different pieces and that actually helps to kind of make the two look different as well um but this you know is really um the paint work on this i just think is fantastic um i'd be really interested to see another one just to see whether or not they're exactly the same or whether, you know, some of this has been done by hand, but they've done a really excellent job of weathering this and making it really look not new. Um, you know, obviously the drawer was not in good nick by the time they, um, you know, by the time he had his bad motivator issue. Um, but there's even like some little, uh, paint that makes it look like there's dirt and, and, and kind of gunk in one of his uh, little vents on the front of his barrel body. It's really very clever. Um, so, look, I, I, I guess my one thing that kind of stops me from being, you know, over the moon, 10 out of 10 about this is, well, I guess two things. One is that, obviously, this is a... Um, a reuse of a lot of legitimate reuse of work that's already been done. Um, but even so, I think that some of the issues with just the mechanics of this, like particularly if it's meant to have a pop-up feature, etc., and it just doesn't work or it's easily breakable. Um, and maybe I'm just gun shy from, um, you know, having had two broken R2 domes, mm. but I'm just not prepared to have a go. Um, you know, I think that's, that is a bit of a, a shame. Um, the other thing is, is that these aren't cheap. Um, you know, they're, they're 140 US, but by the time you're looking at pop culture, you're looking at like 220 Australian. Um, so I, uh, I've mentioned before the pop culture pennies, um, system is really fantastic. It's definitely worth having a look at if you're in Australia, because if you're earning those pennies, then you, and, and buying kind of similarly priced, items at the higher end, then you can really be rolling over a decent, a very decent discount to each item, um, which is one of the reasons why I've been buying some of my Sideshow 6 scale stuff from Pop Culture. So I didn't pay, you know, that for him, but I still am kind of feeling like, hmm, you know, with the amount of reuse here, I don't know if I'm really seeing the the price point, because um, we're not talking a big piece either. Um, but definitely for that price point, then I really do want it to work if mm. that makes sense yep, yep, um yep. look i mean definitely thrilled to have it in my collection um i i you know am kind of trying to focus on those uh original trilogy characters that i had as you know the figures that kind of started this whole thing 
back in the in the day and having these in the in the more detailed form you know I'm sitting here looking at my six scale r2 um, D, D2 and R5, D4, remembering the little three and three quarter ones that had as a kid where, you know, eventually the little paper decals around their barrels were wearing off and kind of ripped or nearly gone. And, um, you know, th- this is obviously really trading up. Um, but, you know, if we're just talking from an objective review point of view, I think eight out of ten dollies is probably, um, fair. Oh no, I lost his little antenna when his head popped off. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing as well. Like with Uncle the little, Owen. yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with you know that's that's the thing also with the um, maybe that's why they gave you chew, um, and of course it's so small that I could have actually just inhaled it. Um, so oh no, here it is. There you go. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So add our ten dollars. Definitely glad to have it. It is really nicely done. I like it a lot more than I, you know necessarily thought that I would. I'm really glad I did pull the trigger because, you know, I'm thinking, oh, do I really want to go this deep, etc. Because this is deep, <laughs> you know, like as far as um these go. But it it is it's it is really well done. It's just not perfect. So add our ten. Excellent. Excellent. I like you talking about this is a deep cut figure when we just reviewed his evil black version. In the news, yeah, but I didn't buy that. I'm saying like it goes, <laughs> goes deeper. It goes deeper. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you'll buy that. We all know you will. No, I'm not doing that. No way. Yeah, you say that now. We've what? all said that on this show. Watch me. Yeah. We brought them. This is this is like the. Um, I'm as confident I won't be buying that as I was confident that I wouldn't buy the Adam Hughes cover girls Batgirl. <laughs> okay. Which I which I never did. Um, I never did. Never admitted it. No, never did. Sure. (laughs) Well, that was our final toy of the week. And when we come back, we'll run through some feedback before we wrap things up. Talking small soldiers. I am Archer, leader of the Gorgonites. Phrases like in the movie. Prepare for battle. And giant electronic talking chip. Major Chip Hazard reporting for the ultimate in hand-to-hand combat. Commandos, attack! Chips armed to the teeth, but Archer cuts him down to size. Before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. Now, Ben, you have our first piece of feedback, so over to you. Thank you, sir. This one comes from Cavball, who is a friend of the AFB forum. Uh, always great to hear from him. He's out there fighting the greater good, so I hope you are staying safe, sir. Um, he says, finally got caught up on the podcast. Great job, as always. I enjoyed the DC Icons review a few episodes back. Uh, I have gotten onto the line. It is my first six-inch and my first DC line that I've ever started collecting. Keep up the good work. So... <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. No, I haven't started getting them. Give it time. Yeah. No, sure. Give it time. Yeah. Okay. So John uh, mentioned. Um, Don. John. Oh. Also known as Engineer oh, Nerd from so TV. Don. It's really late. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, that uh, he had tweeted following the, I believe, um, Ben's. 
uh, Alien review, just kind of chatting about the NECA clamshell packaging mm. and the challenges. Mm. Uh, that made me laugh so much. The What is it that you said you didn't have with you? Your, like your, was it like a Swiss army knife or you called it something yeah. else? Uh, well, I've actually got a Swiss army knife and I've also got a um, Leatherman, which is the, the one with the pliers. The Leatherman. I laughed with it. The Leatherman. That sounds hey, so. It, it saved me at San Diego Comic Con, which is a story for another day. Okay. What, like, save your life? No. <laughs> he, okay. he stabbed a guy in an eye to get a seat in Hall H. <laughs> no, I pulled out his tooth with the pliers. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, anyway, so John then had tweeted to NECA about the packaging um, clamshell, and he just mentioned that several people replied to that tweet saying that they prefer the clamshell. Oh, there you go. And uh, they made the point that they did, wouldn't want the packaging to change at this point in the line because it would change the look of their collection, which is obviously fair enough. But um, I'm with you, Ben. You know, uh, I, you know I, I want things that can be put back in the packaging if I want. Thank you very much. Yeah. And <laughs> clamshells really don't hold up in the long term. Like you see clamshells now from the early 2000s starting to yellow and they're just nasty. Mm. And you know what? They're toys. Open your toys and play with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Eddie, you've got our last piece of feedback? I do. So this comes from Joe Also Art and it is Just Hand Necker the Movie Masters line and my money. P.S. You guys were talking about the lack of Colonial Marine stuff. Word out of Toy Fair New York is that NECA has a whole wave of them for the Aliens 30th anniversary oh. in April, Gosh. which would be very nice. Now, just to add on this, I did see Randy tweeted out earlier this week. He was saying that um, he loves doing the Marines, but apparently they get less orders than the Xenomorphs do, uh, apart from Ripley, which oh. uh, does kind of surprise well, you know. me. But I, I don't know if that's an army building thing with that maybe reason or... But yeah, all they have to do is, you know, throw out one wave to give us, I don't know, Drake, Apone, Vasquez, and, you know, done, move mm. on. Yeah. yeah. There's a few there. Yeah. And, I mean... There, there also has been rumblings this year of uh, seeing some more Kenner stuff. So I could see some even reuse of the sculpts there. And, you know, I mean, I could easily see Ripley being repurposed into a Kenner mm. Ripley and a couple of other ones through there. So I'm sure there's plenty of uses that could be done. <laughs> Mosquito predator. Yeah. Uh, actually, also, just while we're in feedback and throwing it out there, um, I keep forgetting to mention uh, my good friend Tristan Jones is actually working on the Dark Horse Alien Defiance book, doing the artwork for it, which will be coming out in a couple of weeks. So if you are a comic fan or an Alien fan, definitely uh, pop into your local comic store and pick that up when it's out because I've seen a few of the preview pages and it looks fantastic. I'm not just saying it because he's a friend, but he is a huge Aliens fan and uh, it's definitely going to pay off in that comic. So uh, just throwing that out for him too. Excellent. Yeah. And that also brings us to an end. So uh, if do you guys have anything else to add, speak now, forever, hold your peace. I'm so tired. I want to go to bed. <laughs> okay. We should let our fearless leader get to bed. Uh, so that brings us to an end. All right, guys, have a good journey. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Take care. Bye.
The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Thank you kindly, sir. And this week I'm going to be talking about Godzilla or Godzilla <laughs> for us Easterners, uh, Westerners, sorry. And I. Oh dear. Technically, we are Easterners if we want. Yeah, I know. I've changed my mind that. halfway through, so yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start again. <laughs> and then once I'm finished. I'll close up my purse, but then my purse has to go back in my handbag into the rice, you know, in just slow, methodical order. It's like, no, no, don't worry. The, the rest of us will just wait until yeah. you finish doing everything you need to because apparently you can't step aside and do that. Uh, yeah. Don't shush. Oh, is that Daisy? Hello, yes. Daisy. Hi, Daisy. Don't growl at us. We're nice. She's, um, we're now, we've finally moved to that point where she sleeps in her bed rather than her playpen type thing because um, she's five months now and uh, means that she has free reign to wander the house and so she knows I'm in in the comic room so she scratches at the door so so I opened the door and brought it in and now it's um growling at my plush Chewbacca <laughs> <laughs> That's, huh? that's not a euphemism either. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, nice, uh, quite surprised a few months ago when we talked about the Fison uh, Death Dealer one six scale action figure. And now there is news that we're getting a Red Sonja 1-6 scale action figure from Fison. So, of course, Fison, uh, we've said this before. Hang on, I'll just settle it down. What could you possibly be growling at? Honestly, go to sleep. It's late. Hey, there's nothing there. Oh, honestly. We've got a West Highland White because, A, they only growl if there's a reason. Two, they don't need to be around you, and three, they don't dig. And hey, guess what we got? We got <laughs> one that barks at everything, can't stand not being with you, and digs holes like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> the genetic flutter. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, do you know what the drama is? She's just caught her reflection in one of my detolves. <laughs> <laughs> so she's, cur- she's currently facing off against the other dog in the room. But how old is she? Uh, five months. Oh, she's the 
not fully cooked yet. No, she's not fully cooked. <laughs> Come here, you pest. 